This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. There are some excellent dinners coming up uh, at Zupan's at the Cellar Z on Burnside, the best of Oregon dinner and wine series. They have Friday dates throughout the spring and summer. They're all-inclusive, four-course dinners with wine pairings highlighting the best of food and wine in Oregon. Everybody's going to want to look those up. Yeah, and the one closest to us coming up April 12th, it's the Trawl and Trap Northwest Seafood with pairings from Patricia Green Cellars. So if you want to see the full list of upcoming dates and buy tickets, you need to go to zoopans.com. And while you're there, you want to sign up for the news feed. Mm-hmm. So you sign up there, you get exclusive access to deals, recipes, new items, and more. I always pull up my email as I walk into Zoopans and say, oh, here's what I'm, what I'm going to get for free today. Yeah. So if you were a member of the news feed right now, you'd know that coming up March 22nd through the 24th, free 10 stem tulip bunches with a $20 purchase. So you can make some, we can make some headway with the ladies. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can. <laughs> I, I do exactly what you're doing. I'm walking in, I pull up my news feed, see what's going on. See, you know, see what, see what freebie I get. Right. So now we're on the hook because if we don't bring tulips, right. We're, we're, yeah, we Zoo really pans, dropped the ball. Yeah. Zupans makes it easy for you. Right. And they also make uh, Passover and Easter easy. They have a full menu of items ready to create a beautiful spring celebration spread. Isn't it nice that it's spring now? Oh, yeah. No, there, it's, court? It's, it, this weekend was so crazy awesome. It was and, the, and in fact, I was actually thinking, I'm like, I need to get the deck ready. I need to go to Zupans and get some meat and grill them up. And on your way to Zupans, here's the deal. Here's the beautiful thing. I mm-hmm. just drove in from the coast yesterday. Roll down the windows and you get to drive with the windows open on the way oh, to Zupans. That's the best thing about this time of year. Yep. The news feed, all those great dinners at the uh, Cellar Z on Burnside, all that information can be found at Zupans.com. Of course, you can always stop by your nearest location, McAdam, West Burnside, and Lake Grove. Court, it's time to talk about Portland Knife House. And for those... Uh, folks listening at home, if you're an avid Right at the Fork listener, and we suggest you be one, uh, you can go back to episode 161 with Eitan Zias and really expand on this uh, this ad where we're going to talk about their products. Uh, so cool of Portland Knife House to sponsor our International Women's Month special series of podcasts. And uh, everybody should, we think it's especially appropriate because they're a business that caters to both the consumer market, and also all our industry folks listening to the podcast. Yeah, it's owned and operated by former chefs. And when it comes to like sharpening, repair, or maybe getting a customized knife, this is the place to go in Portland. And the the other reason that it's a place to go is there's no larger selection of of knives in uh, for the kitchen in Portland. And I don't know, and I've been there to check them out. As a matter of fact, I just bought a beautiful uh, bread knife that I couldn't believe I it was as nice as it was. Yeah. It's not, I'm not worthy, but it's absolutely beautiful. Yep. They also offer hands-on sharpening classes. So you could take your knife there to be sharpened or they can teach you how to do it yourself. That's right. And so the best way to find out about those classes, because they do sell out, mm-hmm. is to go to PortlandKnifeHouse.com. But more importantly, head to their showroom on Southeast Belmont on, what is it on? 2637 Southeast Belmont. So that would be on 26th. Or yep. you can call 503-234-6397. Whatever you do, you tell them. You heard it on Right at the Fork. Mm-hmm. We are 
are back for episode three in a very special series here on Right at the Fork. It's uh, Court Johnson and Chris Angelus, but we're not the hosts of this episode this time. No, we have nothing to do with this episode other than helping to set it up because we think women should be celebrated and it was it's Women's History Month. Yep. I think we've been calling it International Women's well, Month. But it's both because there was International Women's Day earlier in the month, but all month long is Women's History Month. So right. We're, we're, we're right and wrong. Both at the same time, like men mostly as, are. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, as that's appropriate, yep. because we're always wrong, yep. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, every day is, and as far as I'm concerned, every day is Women's Day, and we've certainly had a lot of women on the podcast, but we think that uh, women interviewing women offer the opportunity for a very different perspective oh, yeah. than you and I they are ask, able to. They ask questions that you and I would never think to ask. Right. And they can get in, you know, they can, even I noticed with this interview coming up that we're, the, for today's episode, Molly Real from mm-hmm. Channel 12, More Good Day, Oregon, interviewing her friend Whitney Burnside with Ten Barrel Brewing, yep. um, who also happens to be the fiance of Doug Adams, guest of ours a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I just wanted to point that out because I think they embarked on a discussion of Doug and didn't really... We can't just assume that everybody knows who Doug is yep. in Whitney's life. Well, now you will. Doug uh, Adams of Bullard, who just opened that. So Whitney is the brewmaster at Ten Barrel Brewing. And the point that I was about trying to make as I just went off on this tangent, it's really the point that they're doing it, but that you can, even agreeing on something, you and I can't agree on some point that they're making as women and really right. have a lot of conviction. They know what you know. They they know what it feels like. They they have a discussion on changing their names. Yeah, and what that means, especially with Molly and media. Oh yeah, she's established a name as Molly Real, and and now she's got a new name, and probably will have to make a choice at some point. Right, and, and discusses that. So. Um, Anyway, this is the third in a series, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The previous two we think you need to listen to were Eaters, Brooke Jackson Glidden, interviewing Maya Lovelace of the upcoming Yonder, Any Day Now. That's going to be open. Mm-hmm. It's a great episode. And I really loved the episode with Leisha Schroeder interviewing Lori Wolf. You called it the New Yorkiest episode ever of and, Right at the Fork, and it's so true. Yeah, and Lisa picked up on that, and yeah. she put it on her her uh, Facebook, yep. and uh, I hope you listen to that one. It's really cool. Not only are they discussing, well, actually, it was kind of anticlimactic when it came to uh, Lisa asking her about being a woman in the cannabis business, right. but uh, but it's a very interesting discussion on the cannabis business as well. So there's that. But to hear today Whitney Burnside talking about uh, her position at Ten Barrel Brewing, and mm-hmm. I was particularly interested in. Ten Barrel Brewing's um, place in the Portland food and drink world as a conglomerate. I mean, they're part of Anheuser-Busch. Right. And I believe that Whitney has helped tamper that down a little bit in a city that would that looks at local no, yep. production right. very, very with a, uh, with a magnifying glass. And um, I think Whitney probably helps them um, to overcome that and... Um, she obviously uh, does a really great job. Very, Ten Barrel Brewing is really popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was fun to hear Molly interview her friend, Whitney. They're, they're great. And they had a good time here. And we had a good time with them. Mm-hmm. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. 
For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures, inviting you to listen to Right at the Fork, episode number one. 70 with Proud Mary Coffee's Nolan Hurdy. Then imagine yourself eating and sipping your way through Melbourne, Australia this April for nine incredible days of VIP treatment at Nolan's favorite places in Proud Mary's home city. Also tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astri Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia Romagna. It's all at PortlandFoodAdventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. And by Portland Knife House dedicated to equipping the professional and home cook alike, offering knife sharpening, repair, sales, and education in Southeast Portland. Owned and operated by former chefs with by far the largest selection of kitchen knives in Portland with a focus on Japanese knives. See them for yourself at their Southeast Belmont showroom and store or at portlandknifehouse.com. Well, hi, friend. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited for this. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. Um, I just feel like maybe we should have had a glass of wine, you know, <laughs> to make it more of our thing. We can do that later. <laughs> later. Okay, yeah. perfect. Well, last time I saw you, uh, we were at the Oregon Beer Awards. Yes. Yes. And you, Miss Wonderful, got a big award. Uh, you took third place in the Pilsner. Yes. For your namesake beer. For my namesake, Whitburger. The Whitburger. Named after Bitburger. The Bitburger, yeah. but also the Whitney Burnside. The Whitney Burnside. That was a huge deal for you, too. Tell me yeah. about, like, Pilsner. I mean, Pilsner is just kind of my go-to favorite style of beer. Um, I'm never not in the mood for a good Pilsner. And um, just... My style of brewing, um, coming from a culinary background, I like I do a lot. I do the whole gamut of styles and a lot of like foodie beers, like beers inspired by desserts or cocktails or something. And they they're very kind of off the wall or whatever. But um, and I've got I've collected um, a good amount of awards for those foodie beers, and it's fun. But I remember thinking after the last Oregon Beer Awards when I went for coconut stout and um, salted yuzu sour, uh, I was thinking, gosh, that's awesome. But maybe next year I need to win for like a classic 
a traditional classic style. And, um, and then Pilsner, it took it. And I'm really excited because um, Portland is so cutthroat um, with the Pilsners. I mean, there are so many good breweries that are making excellent Pilsners. And um, I'm so excited to have taken a medal for it. Yeah, the way you kind of described it to me, it was like winning like best fried chicken in Portland. Yeah. It's something most people do well, but to be able to be named top, that yeah. I mean, that's even more difficult yeah. too. Yeah. Speaking of fried chicken. Speaking of fried chicken, we were just talking about yeah. it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Doug, your fiance, he was at the Beer Awards and yeah. it was so fun seeing the two of you out and about. You're, I've told you this before, you're my favorite celebrity couple. Thank you. <laughs> but I remember um, he had a beer and you walked right up to him and you smelled his beer. You gave it a big <laughs> sniff and you go, yeah. oh, you got something kind of garlicky, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, what does that even mean? Like the way you talk about beer and no beer is kind of the way, like I'm used to people talking about wine. It's on yeah. such a really interesting level I just yeah. you're so smart thank you I just um I, it's a lot of it's just a lot of training I mean I think when you're in the industry and you're just um just immersed in it then you you know what you're smelling and, and tasting and it's so funny because he's picking up on it too he's he's picking up things that he does and doesn't like a beer does he <laughs> what 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 have you like really got him on to Oh, what is, oh, he really, he didn't really used to like dark beers too much. So he really likes like amber. Well, he, he did like ambers, but he likes porters now, which he didn't really use like porters. And it's just, it's kind of fun. That's so fun. I mean, he's, you know, the two of you are both so big in your industry. And I love that you're teaching each other things. But I was going to say, you know, does he teach you how to cook? But you know how to cook. Well, not, you, no, <laughs> not like, not like him. <laughs> but you were, I mean, I, you started out in the culinary world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know just very basic things. I mean, I have my own way that I like to cook and um, I'd, I'd say it's a, it's a lot simpler than his. Um, my, my foods are very simple where his can be just very like intricate and um, so many flavors and it'll take a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm learning a lot from him. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fun. So I was really excited that Chris let me interview you for this Women's Month um, podcast because you and I, I feel like, well, we're soul sisters. Yes, we one. are. Um, and I feel like we are for a number of reasons. You and I have so much in common and it kind of ties in with this whole Women's Month and um, I don't want to say women's issues, but, you know, things that we're going, you and I are going through a lot of similar things. Um, so we'll start, you know, how's your mom? That's the question you and I always ask each other. She's amazing. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. Um, so Whitney and I, both of our moms have aggressive forms of breast cancer and you mm -hmm. and I really bonded over that. Uh, I had posted something and you reached out just so you know, my mom has breast cancer too and I think when my mom was diagnosed and kind of going through this experience, it has surprised me how much it's affected me on a work level. Really? You know, is, is that true for you? I mean, I mean, it's affected me. Yeah. I mean, I, I could just say the way I, everything. Right. Yeah. Right. The way I view everything. 
Yeah, and how is she doing? She's great? She's doing great. She's just, uh, she's unstoppable. Yeah. It's it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's And how much it affects your daily life. And uh, you're just not the same person. And my mom will hate that. I hope she doesn't listen to this. I do. I hope she does. But she's... <laughs> Um, it's, you know, and then another thing where you're planning your wedding too. Mm -hmm. And that was me last year planning my wedding with my mom, you know, having this diagnosis too. And, um, yeah, how, how has that affected, you know, looking forward to the biggest, happiest day of your life with, with your mom? Um, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it. She's doing so, she's doing so well. The doctors are just kind of blown away by her progress and um she's actually demanding like to get more appointments and to get more scans and just inserting herself and saying no i need i need another checkup at this time and they're like well we don't need to see you she's like nope bring me in yeah and um yeah she, she's just doing so well that and so i'm just i'm just thrilled to to be planning it with her and to just celebrate and yeah good are you having fun planning your wedding well yes but I'm also I should be doing more (laughs) at this point um uh, I haven't done it before so I'm just kind of I guess lately both Doug and I are like oh wow it's it's coming right up like we really need to start doing things (laughs) I know but like with what time yeah you know know. you're so busy you know yeah I mean we we have some people to help us and um and we'll probably forget some things but whatever right <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah it's all gonna be okay i mean at the end of the day i always said uh it's all going toward a great cause yeah at the end of the day you'll at be the married end of the day, and- we'll be married and people will be drunk and happy and well fed yeah what um are you brewing a special beer for it i don't think i want to brew my own beer hmm I think that, um, well, I asked Darren Welch at uh, Pelican, the brewmaster there, to brew my wedding beer. Um, and it's a silver spot IPA. It's like Ooh. an English style IPA. It's really tangerine-y. Okay. And, um, and, then, and then we want a tangerine wedding cake. Oh, yum. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Why tangerine? It's like, uh, I want like tangerine and like vanilla. Okay. Like a buttercream yum i don't know that sounds just drawn to it what will you white cake what will you call the beer uh well i think he's i don't know (laughs) i think it probably has to have a special name huh i think so yeah i don't know think about that uh and on the note of wedding so this was interesting you and i had talked earlier about uh changing your last name yeah when you know you have kind of made this huge name for yourself in uh, Portland. You're Portland's first female brewmaster, mm-hmm. right? Um, Whitney Burnside, you sound like you're like an institution in the city because <laughs> Burnside just runs right yeah. through it. Yeah. Nice little metaphor there. But yeah. <laughs> um, So what do you think you'll do? Uh, I am going to change it, um, but I'm going to keep Whitney Burnside as my... my um, my brewing name, my professional okay. name. Your professional name. Mm-hmm. But you'll be Whitney Adams. Yeah. So how do you think, I mean, if you're out with Doug and you introduce yourself to someone, how will you introduce yourself? Because this is a problem. I mean, this is a big yeah. problem for me yeah, right I was now, ask too. You. Yeah. 
Um, I'm actually, by the time this podcast airs, uh, I will have changed my name legally because that takes a while. Yeah. I mean, I think people don't realize I have to take like a whole day off of work to go through it all. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, the all those places are only open Monday through Friday, work hours. Yeah. Uh, so... I am taking, my birthday is Monday, March 18th. Oh my gosh. And Brian's, my husband's, is March 19th. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. seeing that. This is when you that's and right. I first started talking. Oh, it. yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. So for his birthday, on my birthday, I'm going to go change my name. Work-wise, I think I'm going to change it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'll be Molly Flaherty. There's a lot to think about, but I do, like, I love Molly Real, but yeah. I always thought, I would take my husband's last name and it's that that part. It's hard for me to go to an event or introduce myself to someone as Molly Flaherty, you know, like my Facebook name's Molly Flaherty, right? Not my professional page, but, um, and it's just balancing those is it's too hard. It's too confusing. So I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And most people, you know, it works for most people, but right. It's something I never thought I would have to be, thinking about so hard yeah um but Wendy Burnside's a great name it'll be like my like the Beyonce <laughs> right no but that's her first name Beyonce's her what's first a different name? example I'll, um it'll be like I don't know what you, can I think because <laughs> no one no I mean no one really advertises their their other name I guess yeah but Whitney Adams is a great name too I love that I do too yeah it sounds, I was telling Stephanie, the host of my show, sounds very presidential. I know it's Abigail Adams, but Whitney Adams sounds. It does. Yeah. I like it. And my, my middle name's Alta, so even Whitney Alta Adams. Whitney, good. where did that name come from? Um, it came from, uh, it means like top of a mountain. Oh. And so that's where it came from. I love that. Yeah. Is that your mom's idea? Yeah. What what inspired her? I That's think it just mountains because she's just a, she's just a mountain woman. Is she? Yeah, and you are too. Okay, I Whitney, too. you are. I mean, when I picture the person I want to be, it's you. You're no. such. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you are. Um, like God, I I don't like cussing, but I'm going to use it once. You're just such a badass in everything you do. That's not cussing. Okay, if you said fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> well that's what Sorry. I meant that's the those are the words that I mean to say um like, am I blushing you I don't know you you look perfect Just rosy cheeks and, oh my god but, <laughs> uh like you know you're out fly fishing by yourself and you you just do the coolest things but you don't think anything of it you know you're just so yourself um with no there's no pompous to it. You're, you're Thank like you. you're like the movie character I always wanted to be. But if if I fly fished, I would think it was pretty cool. So I couldn't be you because I wouldn't be as humble about it. You know. Well, let's go fly fishing. <laughs> Will you teach me? Yeah. So where did you learn how to fly fish? From Doug. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had cool. always wanted to go fly fish, and and it just kind of fell in my lap. What a fun and thing to be met, able to yeah. do together. And that's where he proposed to you, right? Yeah. Except he left me today to go fly fishing. I know. I hope you hear this, Doug. <laughs> You're in so much trouble, Doug. <laughs> I do. I, I, I hate it when Brian does fun things without me. I get FOMO. 
I big know. time with it. Yeah. I know. And especially that. It, it's not the first day of spring. That's next week, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, it feels, it feels like, like the spring. first day of spring. It does. I know. It's, you know, it's a good thing because it means he's your best friend and you want to be doing things together, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's, that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what other things do you guys do? Like, what's a date night for the two of you? Do you can you even have them because both of you are so busy? I mean, we're really, really busy, but um, a date night for us, I think really our favorite thing to do is just keep it super casual and um, go to a little bar in St. John's and have a couple beers and then um, maybe make dinner or just get dinner from one of our favorite places and just have have like a couch night. Yeah. We love that. But we also love going to Lovelies. Okay. That's our spot. Okay. And who what's the brewery or the the place in St. John's? The the person there's marrying you guys, right? Yes. Um it's not at the it's not the brewery. It's a it's a bar. It's called Lombard House. That's right. Yeah, and his name is Brian. We had our first date there. And so it was so funny. I asked it because he lived in Kenton and I lived in St. John's and I was the one who suggested, well, why not Lombard House? And he's like, oh, I've never been there. And um, he gets there a little before me and um, <laughs> I walk in and he's the only one in there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap, this is awkward. And uh, we just had the best time just shooting the shit and having beers there. And um, it was just a, it's just a special spot. And we, that's why we asked Brian to do it. I love that. Yeah. He'll do a good job. I know. Okay. So it is women, you know, we are on this podcast to be for Women's History Month. Yes. So enough about Doug, right? Enough about Doug. Enough about Doug. <laughs> He's everywhere <laughs> these days. So, you know, being in the, the brewing community in Portland or just brewing community in general, of course, you know, you're kind of a minority as a woman. Um, do you feel like... With the things you do, because you're so accomplished, um, I mean, do you feel like there's always an asterisk next to your name? Like, you know, she's she makes these killer beers and she's a woman. Or do you do you feel like you've just kind of Portland's just welcomed you in and you're just the no, badass you I are? I think maybe the asterisk would be the Anheuser Busch part of it. Mm, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's anything about women. I don't. I don't feel that way. That's awesome. I don't feel that way in Portland. Yeah. Um, maybe elsewhere, but I don't know. Um, I think that it's maybe I'm just so used to it. Maybe I don't see it, but I definitely feel like if there was an asterisk, it would be the Anheuser-Busch. And how, I mean, because Anheuser-Busch bought 10 Barrel like right before you yeah. signed mm -hmm. on, right? Mm -hmm. And do you feel like it's affected anything? Nothing. You, yeah. Yeah. It's just the fact that it's owned by Anheuser-Busch, mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys have done a good job. Um, I love 10 Barrel. Thank you. I love your beers. Thank Whitney. you so much. And that roof in the sun. I know. It's amazing. It is amazing. Oh. oh, what? We're not supposed to say that. Oh. Oh, I told Chris to give me a shot collar for her. <laughs> <laughs> I sorry. never saw that. No, no sorry. <laughs> Was that I the started first time it. I did it, though? No, I started it. Oh, Chris is shaking his head. Sorry. Oh, I guess I've multiple. said amazing a few times. My bad. Mm. <laughs> Last time. Okay. My oh bad. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for catching me on yeah. that. 
No problem. Do you have a lot of uh, girlfriends in the brewing community? Yeah, there's lots of women that have um, kind of come out of the woodwork. Not really come out of the woodwork, but um, have gotten into the industry. And it's just grown and grown. And it's pretty amazing to see. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's Girls Month. Use our own word. Yeah. <laughs> Pausing a moment here, Chris, to talk about a great place to go for dinner any time of the week. Ringside. Ringside. Look at that. Cheerleaders. Yep. Ringside Steakhouse. Yeah. In the Peterson family for 75 years. This would be the 75th year. And uh, there's a reason that restaurant has sustained so long. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to a show downtown, if you're going to any event downtown, why not go check out their three-course meals? Three-course supper. Yeah. 45 dollars and 25 cents before 6 p.m monday through thursday and just a little bit more after that right and then also monday is prime time yep so the prime rib three course dinner 35 bucks can't beat that i mean that's that's beautiful beef that you're going to be enjoying for that price at the consummate steakhouse in portland as well yep and uh they have we recently did a spot for them that reeled off their entire happy hour menu. Oh, they have one of the best happy hours in Portland, bar none. Yes. So, and and you can get that all Sundays, four to five thirty. So mm-hmm. there's an hour and a half window on Sunday, and anytime you're ro- rolling around nine thirty to close, excellent happy hour. So you can sample wonderful ringside food at happy hour prices. Yep. Never a bad reason to go to Ringside Steakhouse. You can set up reservations online at ringsidesteakhouse.com. Hey, Chris, we'd like to welcome back to the uh, program, right at the Fork, our great sponsor, Gen Air at Standard TV and Appliance. Yeah, it's awesome. They were with us a couple of years ago, but appropriate now, both in their, uh, both started in 1947, and just last year, Gen Air launched a beautiful series of new appliances. They really upgraded everything. They have two lines, Rise and Noir you to check out at standard tv and appliance tell us a little bit about them court well both of these lines connect to wi-fi so that you can use them using your amazon alexa or maybe you've got a google assisted enabled device like a google home connect and control appliances remotely like if you want to set the uh, oven before you get home you can do that get real-time notifications you can contact gen air call center through them and get this get a recipe from yumly through the device. More than one. You yeah. can do a few of them. And not only that, you can attach your dishwasher to Amazon and get get lo- dishwasher detergent delivered w- without even thinking about it. Nothing is worse than running out of dishwasher detergent and not realizing it, but your dishwasher or your washing machine are going to know this. Absolutely. So both the Noir and Rise line feature irresistible interiors illuminated by cinematic and chef's lighting, which is really cool. you got to see these. Smooth racks and flat tines and expanse of dark glass. Really easy way for you to check out these lines. You can Google search Gen Air Rise or Gen Air Noir. That's one way to check these out, but there's an even better way to do it. Let's go down to Standard TV and Appliance. They have four locations, mm-hmm. one in Beaverton, two in Portland. The showrooms are beautiful, and you'll be able to see them uh, not only in the showrooms, but on the, on the showroom floor, and uh, also one in Bend for our millions of listeners out that way. Mm-hmm. Who, so who are the, some of the women in the brewing community you look up to or have good friendships with? Um, uh, well, the one that I am the closest with, with is actually um, one of my coworkers, but over in Bend, um, Tanya Cornette. Um, she 
she is the R&D brewmaster over there and she is responsible for a lot of the sours that you see out in the market um, and on draft. So any of the kettle sours um, with different flavors like the cucumber crush, raspberry. I mean, she's done like all of the flavors. I um, love those. I I've told you too. cucumber crush was the most popular drink at my wedding. Yeah. 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 Um, and she also, I mean, she doesn't do, just do sours. Um, we also doubled muddled in that category for Pilsner. That's so right. she took, uh, she took gold. She yeah. took gold for um, Pilsner. And then I took bronze. It was pretty fun. That's cool. Yeah. It's a good Pilsner. It is. Do you have, what was the first beer you brewed for, not even 10 beer, I mean, you've been Pelican, Elysian. Uh, what was the first time you brewed a beer and you were like, I am good at this. I should be doing this. I am badass Whitney Burnside. Well, <laughs> I, I guess I didn't know if I'd ever like be good. I mean, no, that's not true. I I don't think I made a good beer. Well, okay, let me back up. I, I homebrewed and the beers that I homebrewed, I thought were fantastic. But if I were to go back to them now, I'd be like, hmm. And not not so much. <laughs> There's so many flaws, but um, yeah, I would just I just started home brewing, and uh, I remember the first beer that I made was like a uh, an IPA that I made from the creek water from my mom's house, and I made it in like the horse barn. <laughs> the horses were like looking at me making this beer, and um, it was a Douglas fir. Uh, spring tip IPA it was um, I thought it was really good love that yeah um foreshadowing Douglas fur yeah yeah (laughs) and I plan on making it again someday nice what'd you call it were you naming beers back then yeah I made like a little labels and put them on the bottles so funny (laughs) I think I just called it Doug fur IPA nice it's a good one yeah is that part of I mean is that one of the most fun parts of your job is I naming them. Yeah, yeah, I love it. What do you think is the best name you've ever given a beer? Oh my gosh, that's a really hard question. Besides the Whitburger. Yeah, uh, there's been, I mean, I'm really into puns. And so a lot of my creative beer names are just punny. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I, I'm just going to, yeah, rattle them off. Rattle them off. I did. Um, I did a pumpkin gosa um, years ago, and it had um, it had a bay leaf in it, and I used Casper pumpkins, and they're white, and I called it Casper the Friendly Gosa. Oh, love it. Good. <laughs> See, funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and uh, cool that there's something called Casper pumpkins. Yeah. It's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> it was at the Elysian, um, you know, the pumpkin fest mm-hmm. they have. Elysian so. makes good pumpkin beers. Yeah. They make a lot of pumpkin beer. Yeah. What's what's like your baby of, of the beers you've brewed? Mm, I mean, I guess the one that's m- most known would be the Pearl IPA. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I'm brewing that one all the time. Um, and it's packaged, it's brewed over in Bend too. And so you can see it in the stores. That is uh, a good IP. I mean, that you. is, that is, I, 
I feel like one of Portland's most famous IPAs. Yeah, I mean, especially in this area, in the Northwest. Do you do you ever stand back and say, oh my gosh, look at look at what I'm doing? Yeah, I never yeah. would have imagined that I would ever be doing this. And now I can't, I mean, it's it's my favorite thing to do. I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, you must get so excited. Because you do do a lot of creative things. Um, the the combination, the flavors you make, I mean, it's, you are so creative, but in a way, like you still make things delicious. It's, it's for me, who has no experience, no comprehension, no understanding, you, you know, you're like a magician. It's, a, it's incredible. Thank you. I didn't say amazing. Did you hear that? <laughs> you were just thinking about that. Aren't you glad I didn't say amazing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So because you're in the brewing community um, and even without being, you know, being engaged to Doug, I feel like that's kind of thrown you into the whole food industry here in Portland, too. Mm -hmm. What a community, right? Yes. Just amazing. I caught myself. That's why we did it. I know. I caught myself. Sorry. I I do say it too much. So this is a good practice. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't brewing? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that part of me would want to be some sort of engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Some sort of mechanical engineer. Um, And then part of me would want to bake because I did did that before I got into brewing. And um, part of me would want to like wouldn't want to make cheese. Um, but I think that once I got into working in breweries, I kind of realized how my mind works and um, and that I'm really interested in the engineering side of things. Um, and so I'd probably want to go to school for engineering and do that. Um, or, I would, or I would just bake somewhere. Be like Kira Jensen or Nora and mm. just... See, there's a couple women. Yeah, there you go. There are so many. There are so many women. I know. Portland's a great place for women. I know. Or they they have made Portland a great place Blazing too, trails, right? Yeah. Absolutely. What? But you are a brewmaster, and yes. you have found your calling. I have. I, think. I have. Do you ever think about, you know, not to get too poetic about things, but people. And the bonding they do over beers or the, you know, the good times that people have. I'm not just saying like, oh, you know, you provide a party, you get people drunk. But like people have these great experiences and beer can be part of it. And you are a maker of that. And, you know, there are people who are having great memories drinking the beer that you came up with. That's the best part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess just with with any, like if you were making food, I think that's a lot of people, that's why people do it is um, to see the joy on people's faces and to give give the community, give people what what they really enjoy and to make memories. And Yeah, and in the world of Instagram too, I mean, you can look up hashtag 10 barrel or the pictures 10 barrels tagged in and you can see all of people's experiences with your beers too, yes. which is cool. Yeah. And there's like um, uh, some 
online um, beer, like untapped and beer advocate and stuff. You can look up beers that people have had of yours and just see how they liked it. Yeah. Yeah. What has been the nicest thing someone said about your beer? Or one, mm. just one that sticks with you? Um, that well, someone said it the other day. I think it's just it's kind of sticking in my head because it was most recent. Um, that I have, that they feel that my, um, my beer since coming into the scene in, in Portland has made, made a mark, um, that I have, um, made some memorable beers and definitely, um, made a name for myself with, with the products I'm putting out. Go you, Whitney. Thank you. I'm so proud to know you. Thank you. I'm proud to know you too. Thank you. What, what brings you the, the most joy in life? What, what brings me the most joy? Like, what makes you happy? And I'm getting, like, very feelings, but... That's okay. I'll like, go with you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Come with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm just a sappy person in general. I'm very emotional. Yes. Yeah. I know. That's what makes us good for... <laughs> yeah. And so, say, say that, it, what makes me happy? Yeah. When you think about... I mean, it doesn't have to be one thing, but tell me, you know, what... When you're thinking about what makes... What brings you joy? What what comes to mind to you? Um, what comes to mind is is um, family, love, my animals, nature, um, and and my accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've got a year full of all of that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I like your, um, I've always loved your, how she became a brewer story because it involves cheese mm-hmm. and that really drew me to you first. So how, how yeah, did you, you love cheese? I just, <laughs> you, the other day, uh, no, was it today? I think it was today on Instagram. I saw that you had liked a post by the newest cheese place. Oh, is it Cheezu? Uh-huh. Have, Have you, you ever been? been there? No. Oh, date night. Let's. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's a, it's an experience. Really? Yeah. Because he does it like, I don't, in the style of a sushi bar, um, where you kind of get a list of cheeses and, uh, well, sorry, you can have them create it for you. Um, I don't know. We, it's, it's an experience and it's delicious. I, I find myself eating the cheese much slower than usual. Yeah. Because you, they pick out such good cheeses and interesting ones too. Are there any cheeses you don't like? I don't think so. I mean, maybe like cheese whiz. I'm not a big American cheese person. <laughs> cheese whiz. <laughs> I, yeah, me too. Well, I don't really like too goaty of a cheese. Okay. I love like that really, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. That I'm kind of musty. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay. But I did make cheese. Yes. Uh, I went to I went to culinary school um, in Denver at Johnson Wales, and at the time I wanted to I thought that I wanted to open up a place to teach kids how to cook, um, a place where you could just drop your kids off, almost like a it would be their daycare or whatever. But they they'd, they'd uh, get to spend a 
few hours and we would have, it would be different age groups and we would make a recipe and they would make it start to finish. And um, they'd have a little recipe in their binder and take home, you know, the leftovers to their parents. And I just, I still love that idea. And I don't know if they're here in Portland. I haven't seen them, but that was what I wanted to do. And then um, after culinary school, I did my um, externship at the Herb Farm restaurant. And it's in Woodenville. Do you know about it? Only, only... From me? From you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Herb Farm, it's farm to table. It's been there a long time. It's in like the, the wine country there. It's oh, nice. So pretty. So they have their own farm. And um, that was... A really good experience for me. I learned a ton there. I worked with um, Eduardo Jordan, who um, just um, took home two James Beards, and he owns now three restaurants up in uh, Seattle. Oh, is that the June mm-hmm. oh, June okay. baby? How cool! Yeah, yeah. So I worked alongside him and learned a lot of things. And um, one of the things that I was uh, one of the tasks I were I put on was put on was to make cheese, and I did not know how to make cheese. I've never made cheese before, but um, we they they would bring in the milk from the farm, and they gave me a book, the cheese maker's manual, and um, I just started following the directions, and um, I started making cheese for the restaurant, and it was so rewarding and it opened my eyes to what what that process was and what fermentation was and um all at the same time I got kind of into baking because uh we made some really good breads there and um you know cultured butter and um and then one of the line cooks homebrewed after hours just brought in some, brought in his equipment and was homebrewing, and I had never seen that before. So I saw he had hops laid out. I was like, "Oh, those are hops!" Like I'm smelling them, and I'm smelling the wort, and I'm like, really, really taken back. I'm like, "Wow, this is something!" And so I immediately went to the homebrew store, and I didn't have like much money in my account, but. I remember my mom was with me and I was like, we have to stop here at the homebrew store. And I bought like the most, like the deluxe kit and I just charged it to my card. She's like, you don't have, you don't have enough money for that. I'm like, don't worry about it, mom. I got it. She's like, no, it's just, this is just going to be another hobby for you. And I'm like, no, I really, I think I really like this. And, um, and sure enough, I just started homebrewing and really getting into that. But at the same time, I still was into cheese. I thought that I was going to become a cheesemaker. And so I was going around and applying at all the tiny little creameries around Washington. And um, and they were all very small. They're just on their family farm. And they didn't have any room for me and, you know, wouldn't be able to really pay me. And... Uh, and then I was like, well, what about making beer? And I look back on it and I feel so silly. I would actually love to chat with someone that remembers seeing me um, going around to 
every single, I had like my moleskin and I wrote down every single brewery in the Seattle area and I went to them and I knocked on their, their back doors and they saw me with my resume that says like nothing. I mean, it just says culinary arts and like I've home brewed a couple batches and whatever. I've made cheese. And I basically was just like, hey, I want to work here. Will you, can I work for free? And the door got shut in my face at every single brewery because they just didn't believe, like they looked at me and they were like, you want to make beer no you're funny and you have no experience so I was kind of you know getting down about that but also loved Portland a lot um and so I'm like well maybe I'll try my luck in Portland and so I started applying down here coming down here and um went to Laurelwood and Chad Kennedy who was the brewmaster at the time um I just remember he was, I went up to like the malt loft and he was just like kicked back in his chair, like feet on the desk, hands behind his head. Like, so what's up? I'm like, well, I would love to work here for free. He's like, cool. Like, really? You're not worried about like how I look or if I, if I'm going to be able to do certain things. He's like, like what? I'm like, like lift certain things. He's like, no, why, why would I care about that? We have other people. I'm like, cool. And so I started driving down once a week to Portland. um, And I would stay with a friend for a couple nights. And I would work for free and then drive back up to Seattle. And uh, it was like a three-month long um, internship. Um, And then I eventually demanded from Chad. I was like, listen, you... I, I've put in, I feel like, I feel like I've put in my time and I think that maybe there should be a position here for me. And he's like, okay, you, you really got to bring it then. Like his tone changed. Like from, from that point, he's like, I'm going to treat you like a employee then now. And so things got kind of tough and I realized, wow, this is really intense. And I, but I really loved it at the same time. Um, and, um, I ended up moving down to Portland, um, and got my foot in the door with Upright Brewing, um, just as part-time. And at the same time I was uh, working at the farmer's market with Mark Dockstetter at TasteBud. And that was really fun, uh, driving the van and the oven to the market and getting the fire started and, and doing that. Um, and then I just kind of worked my way up from there during my time in Portland. I, you know, while I was with Laurelwood and, and upright, um, kind of bounced around from taste bud. And then I baked at two tarts bakery and made cookies, um, with Elizabeth Beakley, uh, who I'm not sure. Did you know her? Mm-mm. Okay. She, well, she owned two tarts, which is no longer, but then she opened, palace cakes the most beautiful cakes i've ever seen but she ended up moving her whole family moved to um to france 
And Gosh darn it. <laughs> I know. But I worked with Keir Jensen uh, at Two Tarts, which was really fun. And um, that lasted a, a couple, no, I don't even remember how long that lasted. But I eventually moved up. I got my first like full-time brewing job at Elysian. So I moved back up to Seattle and and did my thing there. You worked hard to get there. Yeah. I mean, that's some grit, Whitney. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, stressful, but also really fun learning everything. Your experience, do you think, as someone who is now in where Chad was, I mean, does that change the way you look at and treat people when they're coming in? Yes, now? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, some people have it really... Uh, easy like uh, my assistant Connor um, he I pulled him off of the line um, as a line cook at, at 10 barrel he was um, begging for a job in the in the brewery and I trained him everything I everything I knew and um, he's he's uh, running the show when I'm not there I'm about to leave for 10 days he's gonna hold it down and um, it's, I, I'm very proud of him. He does a great job, but he's never washed a keg in his life or like been, you know, scrubbed, scrubbed the floors or been a, a cellar dweller is what, <laughs> is what they're called. Um, just working the walk-in all day. Uh, he, he definitely works his butt off, but it's the paths that people take to get here are definitely changing these days. Some people go to brewing school without even having set foot in a brewery and um, start at a certain position. And some people don't go to school for brewing like myself and just start from the bottom up and just have to earn it. Yeah, and have the passion. Yeah. I remember you said one time uh, you knew you were ready to manage a brew or you know be brewmaster because you knew what to do when things go wrong yes like that was your way of determining it what was the first what's like the biggest thing that's gone wrong or the first thing that went wrong when you were like okay here I am (laughs) hmm oh I mean it's it's happened at every brewery well I wouldn't say every brewery I don't really remember Laurelwood or or Upright things going wrong there but Elysian um, and Pelican and Ten Barrel definitely have had some things go wrong. And um, that's really, I mean, that's really the way you learn is from those those things happening, you know how to deal with them. And um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, oh, well, okay. Yeah, just the other day, um, my one of my fermenters was was not reading the right temperature and uh so you kind of have to figure out well what's going on here and uh it i ended up replacing um the temperature probe because i thought that that was the issue and it turned out to be more than just the temperature probe it ended up being like there was um an issue with the with the valve I don't want to get too into it <laughs> you've already uh, yeah I um but you have but, to but knowing <laughs> knowing how to fix that yeah speaks a lot about you thank you 
as uh, as someone's boss or as someone's leader, what kind of a leader do you want to be? Mm, I just want to. I want to teach people. I want to bring people up and um, give them opportunities and work together. And I want to learn from them. That's the kind of leader I want to be. You know, you look at Ten Barrel and it's doing. It seems like it's doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beer industry in Portland, I mean, there have been some sad closings. And I know you probably feel it, too, because it is a community. Like, it's probably sad for you to see Bridgeport close. Yes, or, it really is. What, were you shocked? Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't, I didn't see it coming at all. Did Did you have any foresight into that? Um, I guess I didn't, I just didn't think of them. Um. I didn't think that they would close, but I do see what's happening now in the industry and what's kind of what's kind of uh, changing. What's that? And I think that it's um, nowadays um, the market is just so crazy. Um, it's it's very saturated, but also people are are looking for the the newest thing the 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 trends the things that are really hot on the market and unfortunately um you know Bridgeport being such an old um an old brand uh even when they try to keep up with what's relevant and what's really doing well um people don't really see it even if it's um kind of on a billboard or out there people kind of just their eyes just go right past it because they see Bridgeport and it just it's already done in their head like they don't they're like oh that's Bridgeport like I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to uh, Von Ebert and get something from them I know they're making the best of this or I'm gonna go to Breakside or I'm gonna go here because those are breweries that are relevant and are making the best styles of whatever. Um, well, I know I'm guilty of this too. You know, you go to the store and you're going to bring a six pack to a party or something and you want to pick out something punny or something with a like conversation worthy of, you know, the can that they're in or something yeah. like that. And that's a big part of it too. Right. You like, and like you said, I mean, you, you, do good punny beers too. <laughs> yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I, Bridgeport, I don't think was doing that because no. it was such an institution. And right. Yeah, I think that um, to su- to survive today's beer industry, um, you not only have to have the right brand, like the right branding. It has to tell us. You have to have a story. Um, you have to be relatable. And I think that's the biggest key is, are you relatable to your market? Um, and I think Ten Barrel does a fantastic job with that. I mean, just look who they market to. I mean, just asking you, who do you think, just from their from their brand, who do you think? Snowboarders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like a lot of outdoor, yeah. outdoor enthusiasts. Um, that's what Ten Barrel aims to to market to and it and it works people um can relate to that and it's uh we also have the the message of just drink beer enjoy it don't think too much about it um 
which is really cool. Um, but so it's it's the branding, it's the story, it's the labels, it's like it's it's all of that. But it's also are you making are you keeping up with all of the styles and can people get your beer? And I think that Bridgeport was just their brand was so old and their they didn't really have like a story that was or like a like a market um that was strong enough. Sad. It's really sad because their IPA is just legendary. And it was like one of the first to um to come out the like the original West Coast IPA. Yeah, and it's good beer. Mm-hmm. It's really good. You can be doing everything you think is right and it's a tough world. Yeah. But you are killing it. So thank you. Proud of you. Thanks. Well, um, cheers to you, Whitney Burnside. Cheers You're one of the you. best people I know. Thank you. You are too. This was an honor. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go get wine. Okay. Yes. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 